Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Please note that some listeners may find the content of this show upsetting. Due to the often sensitive nature of discussion, this show is not suitable for children. You're listening to Justice, a podcast series exploring all aspects of the criminal justice system with me, prison philanthropist and founder of One Small Thing, Edwina Grosvenor. It's outstanding. It's, it's exceptional to, to think that, that this organisation, the, the, the clink, is now going into post-prison care with the, the, the graduates that they're training inside. I'll give you my example. What, what Janice done for me was met me the day of my release at the gate with my daughter. I just get a bit emotional sometimes. So today we're recording the podcast from inside the walls at Brixton Prison. I will be speaking to a serving prisoner who's going through the training programme here. I'll be speaking with an ex-graduate who's now an employee of the Clink organisation. And I'll also be chatting to the remarkable Chief Executive, Chris Moore. My name's Chris Moore. I'm the Chief Executive of the Clink Charity. And how long have you been the Chief Executive of the Clink? This is my ninth year. And the clink's been around... For 10 years this year. 10 years. I obviously am finding it slightly strange talking to you about the clink and getting my tenses right as one of the people who helped to start it and actually found you as the chief executive. I'm very proud to say that uh, I was behind your appointment to a certain extent. Very much so. And it's, it's come a long way. We, um, when we first met, there was one restaurant just finding its feet with two employees training yeah, in high 12 down. prisoners in Highdown in Sutton. Um, wind forward now uh, nine years we're training 200 prisoners a day we have a staff team of 60 full-time employees uh, and last year we trained 361 prisoners and supported 112 of those released into employment but the key purpose of the clink is to reduce reoffending rates isn't it you know that's why we set it up and i mean it does loads of things but what's the reoffending rate at now compared to the government's reoffending rate the national average of reoffending is 48% of adults leaving prison in england and wales sadly reoffend within the first year and if their sentences were less than 12 months that gets to 66% what we've done with the clink on a couple of occasions is uh, the Justice Data Lab have come along and independently analysed our results. And some people were uh, slightly critical, saying, well, we're cherry-picking the prisoners. You're bound to have good results. So the last set of results came out in April 2018, and they took uh, 350 uh, clink graduates, and they also looked for an identical cohort of prisoners elsewhere in the prison estate who hadn't been through our programme. And they modelled them through the 18 months inside and also the first 18 months on the outside. 
and we're sitting in Brixton today. I mean, the, the reoffending rate for Brixton during that time was 8% compared to the match cohorts of 10.7%. So um, some huge improvements. And there's, there's many other benefits. We're, yes, we are reducing reoffending, but we're actually helping an industry that has a major skill shortage. So we can place as many graduates as we have into work. There's no problem there at all. We're also reuniting families. We're making society a safer place, but ultimately reducing the prison population and saving the taxpayer money. But I think also certainly an unintended consequence from, I think, our point of view back then was certainly for me watching members of the public coming into a prison and watching them sort of being educated. First time in a prison, first time speaking to a prisoner. That was kind of amazing. Yes, and I think last year we served over 100,000 members of the public. And uh, I'd like to think we were educating them and challenging their perception and helping them yeah. realise the prison populations across sections of society, uh, like you and me, are any sort of barometer of uh, acceptance from the public is TripAdvisor. Uh, last year, all our restaurants were number one uh, at the same time. And all our restaurants, how many are we up to? We have four restaurants. Four uh, restaurants. And it's Style, Cardiff, High Down in Sutton and Brixton. And Brixton was number one out of 25,000 London restaurants. Now, that doesn't mean for a minute we're serving the best food with the best service. But I think it does mean that the public are buying into and supporting what we do. And they're not just coming for a quirky experience and a nice meal, but they recognise their role in helping to rehabilitate prisoners by them dining. They're giving the prisoners the valuable experience they require in order to get those qualifications. Exactly. And I think there's something about, you know, because to come into a prison, if you want to see a prison or see a prisoner, there's something rather voyeuristic about that. Um, and it's difficult and most you know prisons wouldn't let you in just to look around a prison because there's for obvious reasons but actually the clink allows a safe space for people on the outside to be able to come in and to learn these things over a nice meal it does and also the other group of people that we we welcome with open arms are employers and we can have prospective employers coming to view the graduates in action realizing that the workforce here training is identical to the one they have in their own establishment and uh, they can effectively give them a trial and interview them uh, whilst they're still in prison so when uh, the prison release the prisoner and our support worker meets them at the gate uh, we can put them straight into employment there's no favors uh, they have to have interviews we have over 280 employers now who will take our graduates but it has to be subject to a satisfactory interview are there any days that stand out there's never a dull day working in the prison service, obviously. I think uh, every day stands out in one shape or form. And just the, the different people I meet in the different environments, um, I can start the day in a prison chatting to the prisoners or interviewing a member of staff. I can go out, be out to fundraising dinners. But the thing that really gives me the biggest kick is when I go out and see the graduates in action. We have the contract for catering at the Guildhall. We had a dinner Last month, 550 guests a sit-down awards dinner. All that food was produced in prison by serving prisoners. It was served by our graduates and around 135 homeless kids from Centrepoint were training up. And it just went like a dream. And these are people that, before we met and worked with them, had never worked in that environment before. Mm. Uh, and they are immensely proud. Um, they don't just go into catering. One of our graduates has ended up on stage with the National Theatre in Macbeth. Another one has been on Bake Off the Professional. Another one's joined the Navy. Another one up in uh, Aintree, her father owns a pub and he built her a restaurant in the pub when she came out. It's now number one on TripAdvisor. Uh, it's another young lady who's a private chef in Anfield. So they, they turn their hand to everything, but what is fantastic is going out and seeing them happy, reintegrated back into society, being supported 
by our support workers and really having turned their lives around. Mm, and how important is that support on the outside? Because that seems to be, to a certain extent, where a new set of challenges really kick in for people changing their lives around. So can you explain a bit more about that through the gate support? Because I think that's the bit that we sort of tend to get wrong, yeah. not within the clink, but, you know, the system as a whole can't quite grapple with that bit. I mean, I think this just takes a step back a bit. There's lots of great things going on in the prison, delivered by the prison service and other like-minded organisations. Mm. However, because of the funding model, it's all siloed funding. So you don't get an integrated programme. And what we've done at the Clink over the time is tip that silo on its side so the money actually follows the prisoner and they're only working with one organisation, which is the Clink. So we train them daily for the last six to 18 months of their sentence. But then our full-time support worker will meet with the individual three months before release, make sure they've got a CV, a disclosure letter, somewhere to live, a bank account, whatever else it may be, a renewed ID or another pass, a new passport. Um, and then we'll meet them at the gate on the day of release. We'll take them to probation. We'll take them to their accommodation. If they're released with no accommodation, we will pay for accommodation. We will issue food bank vouchers. We will take them to Sainsbury's and buy an emergency food parcel. And we are literally there 24-7 to help them readjust back into society. And that integrated programme is the reason we have such a low reoffending rate, because mm. they know us, they trust us, and the person meeting them at the gate is the face they've seen probably every day for the last three months of their sentence, and they've built up a real bond. Mm. So if they it's are It's like wobbling, that sort of family support in the absence. Very much. So, well, effectively, we a lot of people are in prison because of the family. It's either there's no family or there's the wrong family. So actually, by us uh, taking them under our wing and supporting them, we effectively do become their family. And we're in touch now with over 1,800 graduates over the last nine years. And what happens when something goes wrong? So, you know, you have these men and women serving prisoners going through the programme. How often do you have to sack people or tell them they're not quite ready? Uh, when we start a restaurant, it's obviously very hard because we take 28 years. <clears throat> people that think Christmas has arrived because they're in a sweet shop for eight hours a day full of food and they eat themselves silly and steal the food and they normally all get sacked in the first few days. However, somewhere like here, today we've got 33 prisoners training in Brixton. We had two releases last week. We will have two new employees this week. Um, there's a trial period, trial for them and for us to make sure they like the environment. They recognise this isn't a soft option. It's actually you've got to volunteer to work and train. And there are rules and they sign up to those rules, which is no answering back, no stealing food and a lot more. Um, if they can't comply to that, they go. Normally what happens in the first two or three weeks, we'll probably lose 10 to 15 percent of them because they weren't ready or we made the wrong decision. Once they've we've agreed that we're going to do the course and they've signed up, we lose very, very few. The biggest number we lose is sadly if they get transferred out of the prison. Um, ideally, we put our prisoners on hold so they can stay here, gain their qualification and move on. It's not always so. So uh, sometimes they'll move before completing, which is a great shame. And why is there such a churn? Because the churn, and which is the movement of prisoners through the prison system, happens a lot. And it often gets in the way of anyone doing a programme for any length of time. So why is that churn not able to stop? I think it's because there's still a state of flux of uh, recategorising the prison estate and the clusters. Um, so one of the prisons we work in for the last two years has been re-rolling from a category B to a category C prison. Um, when it's finished, category C will be better for us because it's, it's an education training prison. But sadly, at the moment, the ones being transferred out are the same criteria to the ones that we would want to take to train. 
we hear a lot from the government and from various quarters actually about rehabilitation and you know getting offenders um, and ex-offenders into work and having personally done this job for quite a long time and you've been in your role now for quite a long time why is it when you show people what it is that they can do and how we can do it and the clink is a very good example of giving people and prisoners purpose giving uh, valuing them skilling them up to a high standard to turn them into people who are employable who have self-worth and who are actually wanting to go on the straight and narrow we know what the answers are so why do we keep getting asked how we do it we've got proof of concept it's a partnership we've been there for nine years we've got outstanding records we are alongside many other like-minded charities that get amazing results and we just need to get on with it we need to stop talking and just do um, it is so simple we are teaching people to cook we're meeting them at the gate we're treating them how we would wish to be treated and we're praising them and rewarding them and saying well done it is so simple mm. um, and we just need to do more of it people often say to me talking about the clink god you know it's really revolutionary it's this that and the other and i say if your definition of revolutionary is teaching people to cook and treat them like human beings then you know we've got a bit of a problem on our hands i know they mean it in the nicest possible way because actually it's revolutionary i guess the fact that we managed to start a commercial sort of restaurant inside the walls of Her Majesty's prison service where people actually want to come and eat and have a nice time you know that is quite unique I guess but actually as you say we're teaching them to cook and we're treating them like human beings and guess what that tends to have good results. What's really nice now is we've got um, graduates who have trained with us we've placed them into work and they've come back now working for us so we have two uh, ladies in our cafe in um, Manchester who have just now completed their training they're fully what's called TACWA trained so they're now able to deliver City and Guild's accredited training for the barista course to serving prisoners out on Russell so they've done full circle which mm. is great um, and and there's a whole group of um, uh, graduates that want to give something back now yeah and recognize the difference it's made in their lives we have uh i say we <laughs> the clink and i will always be a we we've got three restaurants which are male prisoners uh -huh. and one clink restaurant in a women's prison as the chief executive of the organization how different did you find moving into the female estate from the male estate both male and female estate you just what's great is when a prisoner walks into us for the first time not confident looking at the floor and i introduce myself as chris their identity is their past so it's i'm chris i've been in prison three times before i did this and that's their identity within probably six to eight weeks that identity changes and it becomes their hope for the future and they will tell me how many uh, units they've done towards their city and guilds. Or our chef trainer said, well done, you've made a, a fantastic uh, soup today or fantastic pasta. And they really take pride in what they do. And you can just see them walk tall. They're so proud. And the great thing about the restaurant is all walks of life walk through the door, whether it be members of the public, prison staff who dine with us daily, members of the royal family or politicians or well-known faces. It's a great experience for them and just building them back up as people and repairing them ready to go out and start again. And finally, if people are listening and they're thinking, oh, I'd quite like to go and eat in a clink restaurant, can you tell our listeners where they should go, how they can do it, what the process is. Because I still find that some people say to me, oh, but can I go and book and go and eat there? So can you explain to our listeners how to do that? First of all, you were all invited to eat. Please do come. But don't come because you want a meal. 
Come because actually you want to make a difference and change someone's life. Come and order a meal of maybe fresh pasta so you understand that a prisoner will be making that pasta for the first time, gaining a skill that will help him or her gain their qualification in order to turn their lives around post-release. So to book a table, uh, visit our website, theclinkcharity.org. Um, our restaurant in Style up in Cheshire and in Cardiff, they're both based outside the wall. So you can walk in and out as you would normally do in a restaurant. But we'd prefer you to book because, again, we're not a normal sort of restaurant. We take uh, customers in to provide the right level for the training environment. If we were full, the prisoners wouldn't cope. It's about building their confidence. So if we have a lot of new prisoners, we won't fully book the restaurant. In Highdown in Sutton and Brixton, the restaurants are inside the wall. So there is a questionnaire that you need to fill out online. You'll be sent a link and you can book as you would normally. The only difference is when you come to the restaurants in Sutton and Brixton, you'll need to bring some photo ID in the, in the form of a passport or a picture driving license and also uh, go through an airport style security check. And I think it's also important to point out that if people wanted to take the whole restaurant for an event, they can. They can. There's private dining rooms, certainly in some of the restaurants, which is worth looking at if you have a special occasion. I've had many a birthday in clinks around the country, and sometimes I get a happy birthday sung to me by the graduates, which is very nice, and a nice cake. There's training rooms as well, isn't there? So can you explain a bit as if people are listening who have a business and they want a different type of meeting yes i would highly recommend it for those of you that lead large teams and it's always hard to get their attention to actually have your staff team locked in a room where they can't nip out for a cigarette they haven't got an iphone no mobile phones sadly they'll have to listen to you Uh, and we've had a lot of companies that have had very productive away days or even board meetings with some quite senior members of some well-known high street uh, department store chains uh, say it's some of their best most productive meetings because actually you're having to listen to each other um, so it, it's, it's an excellent venue if you're a caterer or in the hospitality industry come and see what we do come and help reassure yourself that the prison population are just like your workforce uh, and they deserve a second chance and we are a credible solution to the skill shortage out there and merchandise there's a bit of merchandise these we days. do we've just launched our fourth cookbook uh, which is vegetables uh, we also sell mugs tea towels bags aprons uh, a lot of the printed material has been printed by prisoners in prison um, and all the proceeds of that go towards the clink charity which help us change more lives by opening more projects please visit the website and there's a retail section there And if you want to book an event. Yes, so Clink Events is our event catering arm. So the food's made in prison by serving prisoners and then served by graduates of the Clink and also homeless clients at the Centrepoint Charity, who we're training up. We are one of the 14 nominated caterers at the Guildhall in London. We also cater at the Baker's Hall and also Trinity House. But we will cater for your event in a public building. We won't go to homes, um, but uh, we'd be more than happy to uh, cater for cocktail parties up to 1,000, sit-down dinners to 500, or or meeting room uh, buffets. So please do get in touch. And I know it's January, but you can still be thinking about your Christmas party early on in the year. It's the in thing this time to do dry January. If you come to the clink, you can actually do dry 12 months of the year because we are alcohol free. But uh, rest assured, you won't miss it too much because we have a nice range of mocktails. Chris, thank you so much. Thank you. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free 
or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, my name is Jim. I got involved with Clink because I ended up coming to prison. You know, I feel about five months now. I was at another prison, Pentonville, before there for a month, and I came here. And then they asked, "Do I want to work in specific areas?" And I've been told the Clink was the best place to work and regarding my security level. So I put down for it. So how did you hear about it? Was it a flyer on the wing, or was it? Um, did someone come and say to you, "You know, yeah. you should give this a go"? Now, when you come in, when you come to prison, you have an induction. An indu- induction, like I'm saying, regarding your security level, you can either have to go to education, that means you're higher risk. If you're low risk, then you've got job options, which is one of the places to come here. Yeah. So I've put in for this place, and I think the Bad Boy Bakery was. Yeah. So how long did you say you've been with the clink? About three and a half months now. Three and a half months. How are you finding it? Yeah, it's good. Different, yeah, yeah different. <laughs> you say with a wry smile, is that like harder than I thought it would be? No, nah, no, nah, you know, it's actually easier than it's... It's, it's, it's easier than you thought Yeah, but now it comes in outside, I was, work, I was working, I used to be a curry outside, I was a courier, so coming to, it's totally different, but it's not as hard as I thought it would be, it's just interacting, same thing, interacting with customers and serving food and taking orders. Here, obviously, you're expected to make pasta from scratch and all the sauces have to be made from yeah. scratch, don't they? Yeah. So is it a mu- is it much more in-depth? Basically, when you come in, you get option to work in the kitchen or at the front of the house. So I haven't done that back of the house yet. Um, oh, OK. I, I will so be you've doing been that. waiting on the tables, yeah. taking orders. Yeah. yeah. I will be going to the back of the house maybe in the next two months because um, I'm, I'm on the NVQ level two food and beverage course so so three months it's gonna be three months at the front of the house and three months at the back so mm. so i'll start at the front of the house so maybe in the next maybe a month maybe two i'm gonna go to the back but yeah the food does start from scratch everything yeah. literally and how have you found interacting with the customers because it's obviously quite a unique thing sort of in the prison system to have paying members of the public coming in to eat how have you found that have you enjoyed it because i know some people find it a bit worrying i was a courier outside so i was interacting with customers anyway so coming here is not it's not much difference i'd like yeah. to say you could just 
as long as you open up and sometimes they ask you questions. If you don't want to answer the questions, you don't have to. What kind of questions. questions do people ask you? Oh, wait, what are you in for? And how do you feel when they ask you that? Would you prefer not to talk about it? Do you know what? Some depending. Sometimes I answer them and tell them. Sometimes I don't. Depending for some reason, depending how I feel on the day. What's the weirdest thing you've ever been asked? You know what? It's so funny because there was a program on yesterday about prisons, and it was someone was asking me a couple of weeks back. Oh, is it like that in prison? Like all oh, the fights and all that. And it's not. Basically, in prison, it's, if you keep yourself to yourself, no one's going to trouble you. When it's trouble, it's troublemakers that look for troublemakers. Like a lot of gangs, they put a lot of gangs together and stuff. So from the, from the street. So when they come in, they start interacting. And But yeah, if you're just by yourself, it's, never, it's usually all right. So. so do you keep your head down and keep yourself to yeah, yourself yeah, and keep yeah, yourself yeah. out of it? Well, it's my first time in prison. So and I'm 37 years old. So um, what I find is a lot of prisoners have been in and out of prison a lot of times so mentally they 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 mentally slowed down so they might have came in some of them say might have came in with 16 17 18 and in and out in and out so they stick to that teenage years so i can't really interact with them because they just talk about teenage things and mm. like i've got a 7 year old son so it's the same thing they, he's talking about it's the same thing they're talking about and a guy could be maybe 40 50 still acting like a 17 20 year old so yeah so I just really just stay in my cell to read my book. Are your family interested in your job at the clink? I'll tell them about it. I'm saying it's totally different because from, like I said, from outside perspective of prison, I would never imagine coming to prison and working in a restaurant. It's just it's totally, totally different. <laughs> yeah. It's totally different. And like when I'm down here now, I don't even feel like I'm in prison until I go back to the wing, maybe about three, four o'clock. Then yeah, it just, it just doesn't, it just feels like I'm at work. Mm. Like when I come in at 8.30 to two or three or four at the time we finish. Exactly, which is the way it should be, right? Yeah. You know, because certainly when we set the clink up, it very much had to be like real life. Yeah, yeah. So is, that yeah. when you do get released and you do go on to another job that you are actually really properly prepared for what yeah. you're about to walk into because yeah. otherwise it's kind of futile, isn't it? Do you find there's a bit of um, a lull or a sort of bit of a crash, you know, when you leave work and it's all buzzy and people are here and you're having conversations and then is it weird going back to the wing? Yeah, it is. When we're here at the clink, like I said, it's just like working. Like, I, can't, I don't even think about what's behind me, which is the cells. It's, not, it's like... Once, once you finish and you, they open the door, you, then you look at all the windows and the wires and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going back. So it is a bit of a downer. And how much longer do you have left on your sentence to um, serve? Basically, I've got HDC date, which is in July, and I've got a release. Home official, detention curfew. Yeah, yeah. which is tagged, or official release date in December. So, but okay, I, so I should be getting my HDC. So you should be getting out in the next 12 months at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah in the next all being months, good. Yeah. And then do you have plans to go into the catering industry or are you going to see how it all pans out? Yeah, or? before we leave, they usually ask us, do you think you want to go into this industry? Do you think you want to do this or do you want to go back to what you were doing? So like I said, it's just it's an extra, it's an extra option for me. My name's Edward. I'm a Clink graduate and I've been for the last 15 months now. I was unfortunate enough to work in two internal Clink restaurants. We'll say unfortunate. It was fortunate in one respect and unfortunate in another, which was at High Down in Brixton. I finished off at Brixton, um, spent my last 13 months there and basically worked the entire time I was there. I got into the Clink a week after from being transferred from High Down, where I'd been in the clink for about four months. So I was lucky to get into the one at Brixton very quickly. My journey 
started with the clink on a move to high down. There was a, an incident in Elstoke over the no smoking. One further, the prison got shut down. And fortunately for me, that's where my journey for the clink started. So how did you hear about the clink when you were serving time at high down? Um, I just arrived at high down um, and came out the cell in the morning and uh, it was free flow. Free flow is a time when uh, all the prisoners are moved around in the mornings to go wherever they're going, educational jobs or whatever. And I saw uh, an unusual uniform. It consisted of a checkered waistcoat, grey trousers and some um, non-slip shoes that, that wasn't everywhere in the prison. I spoke to the two young guys and they informed me there was a restaurant in there. Piqued my curiosity, as it would. Because it's quite rare to have a restaurant inside the prison, right? It's exceedingly rare <laughs> to have a restaurant inside the prison. Um, although we're... Well, the Clink Charities are um, doing its best to make it the norm now. And you didn't know that there was a restaurant in the prison. You were on the wing and oh, you didn't know. No, you would, no. it's just the uniform that are, um, hmm. caught my eye at that point. This was a, me being in High Dam no more than 24 hours. So obviously I hadn't acclimatised myself to the jail. As it went on further, there were leaflets and, and people coming around. What, advertising yeah, for jobs? Yeah, and... perspective, um, Clink employees, um, yeah. trying to encourage the lads. Because if you can imagine, I mean, it's quite strange to be walking into a, a complete realistic training restaurant in a prison. Um, well, I most certainly wanted to go there and find out what it was all about, for sure. And had you ever thought about cooking or being a waiter or that line of work? Had that ever occurred to you? Or was it just new? You were like, well, I'll give it a go because I'm not doing anything else. No, we had a pie at a pub a few years ago over in East London. Um, and I enjoy cooking myself. I used to do the dinners in there and the Sunday dinners and stuff. And I've had a small bistro with my twin brother over in North East London. So we've, we've been into that for a little while. I mean, it's not something I've done all my life. I've got quite a few children, so I've done a lot of cooking over the years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so they invited you to, what, come and have a look at the restaurant? They invite you down for an interview. Once you've passed your security procedure, you've got to be at a level four to come into the Clink restaurant. And what that, does that mean? That means you're at a minimal risk at that stage in your sentence. So you could be in for anything am i right no not 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 anything so the clink won't take they won't take sex offenders they won't and why take... not i can imagine but um, why not because we're dealing with the public there's no one under 18 allowed into a clink restaurant it's I not th- just about paedophilia sex offenders as well and am i right in saying that actually a lot of the time with vulnerable prisoners and particularly sex offenders they're likely to get into more trouble with the other prisoners they don't mix well at all there are certain jobs in the prison i.e. the laundry and stuff like that, that I understand is mixed. Okay, so the clink doesn't take sex offenders, but apart from that, as long as you're... No one with an arsonist conviction either. Okay. Everyone else gets their um, opportunity to come in and, and see if it's the sort of work for them. Right, so you went down for your interview? Yeah, I went down for my interview, met a lady called Annie Fault, very nice lady, general manager at High Down, and me and Annie got on really well. My past the interview, I mean, it was amazing walking in because you walk into this place and it's like an oasis. Can you describe it to me? It's like a retro restaurant. Um, it went past the decor for me. I actually sat down at a main table and had some lunch with some lads and drunk out of a real glass made of glass and and, and little things like that. Just it just hit it all on to you. Um, the team, it was a really nice team in there. A lot of camaraderie. The clink creates camaraderie in within its uh, um, graduates, which then reflects onto the wings as well. It does mm. it does help out, I mean, because they do get a bit difficult. And the kitchen's open, isn't it? So you can sort of see the men and women working. Yeah, the one at Hyde Down is an open pass um, that, as you say, looks right over to the kitchen. Very different setup to the one at Brixton. I'd say the one at Brixton's a more 
completely realistic of a restaurant outside. I mean, don't get me wrong, the one at High Down is, but the setup at Brixton's different. Yeah, I was always struck by the sort of mood lighting and private dining rooms. And when I first walked into the one at High Down, I was really shocked because I guess what I was expecting was, you know, a nice cafe, maybe a bit greasy spoon. And I was totally blown away by the quality of the finishes. Yeah, And it does feel like you're in a restaurant on the outside without a doubt apart from the fact you've had to go through serious levels of security and probably walk through an exercise yard and various things to get into them but when you're in there you can really forget I suppose it's one of the the key factors for the graduates as well because you do as you're saying you do actually forget when we when I when I went down to work I ended up becoming the head waiter at Brixton so I used to get down quite early in the morning about half past seven and um, I'd enter the restaurant through the uh, room, through the kitchen, the back, back, back our, um, entrance. And you totally forget where I was for the day. I wasn't, I wasn't in prison. I was working in a restaurant. It's a full setup. You work five days, sometimes six days a week and an evening now. So it's really emulating what life and what work life would be like on the outside, right? Which is so important. Most certainly. And I noticed while I was there, and in part helped myself, bringing a lot of confidence into the younger guys there. But it brings out a, a, a lot in, the, in, these, in these guys um, in all different aspects, socially, morally. And, um, and their work ethic. Some, some people haven't had a regime or a schedule to work to mm. outside. And it, it really does emulate, as you say, a real working restaurant outside. So how long does the clink need you for? In an ideal world, you'll start your job and you'll be on the training programme for... Up to 18 months, I believe. if my memory memory serves me correctly, yeah. It can go up as far as 18 months. Um, Obviously, you've got different dynamics in in humans. Um, Some are quicker learners than others. So it's not not set in stone. If some need longer... Mm. Some will have longer, if some need less, then some will have less. How long did you do on the course? I'd done 13 months in Brixton and stayed there, but I suppose it was where my sentence was coming to an end as well. I was fin- I was literally just finishing up, so I, uh, I'd done the 13 months at Brixton and uh, about four months at High Down. During that time, you got trained in what? Because it is a training restaurant. You are there to get qualifications, aren't you? Yeah, I only went in front of house. The kitchen was a bit too much for me. Bit not, hectic. N- not, just, not just because it was a kitchen in a prison. I'm just because a few of my friends have got restaurants as well and our uh, chef's psychology can get a bit crazy <laughs> at times. Uh, Gordon <laughs> Ramsay's kitchen nightmares. Yeah, so I, uh, I tended to stay, stay out of that side of it. I like the interaction with the civilian public. It was... It was so nice to be able to interact with someone that wasn't an inmate and have the same generic conversation. And that's very rare, isn't it, in the sense that this has never been done before as far as I'm aware in the world. But I still speak to people today who go, what, so can I just go? And I always say, well, yes, you can. Get on and book your table. (laughs) Yes, I'm working in Rome in the bookings as well now on people's responses coming in. They're really interested in, 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 in the reform and... And, and the way that the, the prisoners are being, uh, um, the rehabilitation that's, that's needed. Rehabilitation in action, because I think, for me, rehabilitation is a bit of a dirty word, because I think people can band it around without actually talking about what they mean. I think the clink is just a brilliant example of when someone says, what is rehabilitation? You can go, well, look, one example, because there are many, is 
the Clink training program and men and women are being trained so that when they leave, they are able to leave and walk into a serious, paying, high quality, valuable job. Does the Clink give us post supportive care as well after we leave? Anything up to a year if needed, but longer. What does the caseworker do? What support do you need when you come out? The caseworker will tailor, obviously, to everyone's needs. They're all different. Um, I'll give you my example of what Maya, uh, Janice Fraser, a really lovely lady, uh, works at Brixton. Um, is the caseworker at, at Brixton. What, what Janice done for me was met me the day of my release at the gate. Um, like literally standing at, outside at, the gate? At the gate with my yeah. daughter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then Janice uh, assisted me to my uh, probation. Came along to probation. Um, Where was probation based? Over in East London. Well, it comes under Essex, but I'm based in East London, but yeah. it's, it's just a demographic. Yeah, just just outside Ilford. So you have to check in with your probation officer as the first point of call? Yeah, it's your first you point of call. And some people even have difficulty getting to that appointment. This is where caseworkers come in and, and start showing you what they're really about. Janice also helps set up interviews for jobs. It doesn't guarantee you're going to get a job. Mm. There's, there's no guarantee to that, but they will come on your interview. Janice came on my first interview mm. uh, uh, at the Institute of Directors in Pall Mall. was my first placement. That's not a bad start. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Yeah, thank you. Because I imagine when you come out of the gate, your head's all over the place, right? And people are left to their own devices to try and have to navigate their way to their probation officer, wherever that person might be in an office somewhere. It's outstanding. It's, it's exceptional to, to think that, that this organisation, the, the, the Clink, is now going into post-prison care with the, the, the graduates that they're training inside. The concept's completely is radical and, and we do need more of it. So you went to your probation officer, they got you an interview fixed up. I got the job and they went as far as even to help me out with my transport for the first month. Obviously, you're getting paid monthly. I've never known monthly payments in my life entirely. <laughs> <laughs> Not legal ones anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, go as far as to uh, set you up your transport for the first month. The Clink obviously has got their own accounts, charitable accounts, and they're all set aside for different aspects of um, the organisation. And one's for transport for new graduates on release. And it's just so they're not stressed about finances, about getting to work for their first month. I mean, we've got housing problems when we first come out. Mm. If we're not living with partners, wives or or whatever. I mean, I, I wanted to personally go and spend some time with my family, so I did. But the Clink have even gone on to extend a loan to me that helped with my accommodation which I'm now in on my own which I'm very pleased about. Do they help with things like furnishing the flat? I mean how far they will, they, have you do answer that? Please excuse me sorry. Good morning Clink Reservations Edward speaking. No problem. That's okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. No worries. So I think I was asking you about whether the Clink will help with furnishing flats and how far their support will go they will extend their support to that and beyond right. um, so it's not prescriptive no in the prison system I've, I've, as, as we said earlier it, it's unique i've not heard of it happening mm. i mean i think it's safe to say there's some other brilliant charities out there but i was going to ask you actually compared to the other programs that you might have been on in the different prisons that you might have been in, is this very different? Like, how different? Can you give the sort of listener a bit of a comparison from a normal prison program to something like the Clink? There isn't one. That's a, that's a simple answer to that. Sorry to seem so short. There, there isn't one. There are initiatives set up 
like skills workshops. Skills workshops. Yeah, and we do but get it might be plastering. Plastering, painting. We get we get all those cool skills. Sensors. There are some cool centers that I don't agree with, but right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so it's safe to say that there's nothing really comparable. No, 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 nothing whatsoever. That you've come across? Nothing. Whilst you were working in the prison, did you find it strange when you first were in amongst the customers? Like, can you describe how that sort of felt for the first time? Because I know that must be weird when you've been serving time and you've been locked away from the general public. And then suddenly you're just meandering around in amongst them it is it is or it was strange i'd like to think that i'm a quite a confident person but let me know that i wasn't maybe it was just because of the uh the time as you said being the time away from mainstream civilian life yeah it was quite nerve-wracking actually to be quite honest were you surprised that so many people wanted to come into prison to be served by people like you through their own volition? You know, they were interested, they wanted to come. It's one of the aspects that um, surprised me and interested me a lot. I mean, because I do a lot for the Clink Charity Events Company now. I'm one of their supervisors and we do a lot with the trust of the City of the Corporation of London and how big the opinion is now. Opinion's our, changing. It's changing now. Mm. We're getting a better understanding of of why crimes being committed, I think. Yeah, and certainly I think what we need to do, and this is something that sort of bugs me the whole time, is, you know, I'm constantly asked to come to meetings to talk about rehabilitation and how we turn people around. It's like, look, we're doing it. We've shown you. We've set the clink up. Why do we need to have these discussions on how we turn people around? You know, for me, it's purpose. It's treating people like human beings. It's giving people a reason to get out of bed, a reason to go to sleep tired, you know, a bit of self-worth. You know, this stuff actually isn't complicated. No, it's not. I think and it's just unpalatable to some people. It most certainly is. And uh, I should imagine that's one of the reasons why you've just explained why it is. Mm. I mean, the governors and the managers and stuff in the prisons, I mean, it's not their fault. No. It really isn't. They've just been given the tools that they've got to do the job that they're doing. From some of the governors that I've seen over the six years that I was away, or half of that, three years, I'm currently serving the rest residentially now, um, I met some good governors, some good managers. This number two governor in this prison now is an absolute legend. But it's not going up high enough. This needs to be taken notice of by the people that can change it. Well, it's strange. There seems to be, as you say, some brilliant staff, some brilliant governors. We appear to have a justice secretary and a prisons minister that get it. But there's something that happens in between that's fairly inexplicable. It allows certain things to happen. We got the clink off the ground, but it certainly doesn't allow things to happen quickly enough and effectively enough. 100% is, it needs to expand. This sort of programme has to become voluminous. It has, it has to go nationwide, mm. not necessarily the clink. It would be nice for the clink to go nationwide. We've got to start looking at it differently now. Do you think that the clink is for everyone? No. No, that, that's why it needs different types of these organisations set up now. Not mm -hmm. everyone wants to go and become a waiter or a chef. Don't get me wrong. How they look after you and that, I mean, it's lovely, but not everyone's going to go because they don't want to do that. There were more initiatives on this sort of scope with these sort of values where the MOJ were looking at them and taking statistics. I, I, I do believe there are statistics being taken from the Ministry of Justice about the clinks, reoffending rates, and they speak for themselves. It's working, and if something's working to this extent, 
why isn't it being brought out in many many different formats mm. to, 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 to stop the crime reoffending? Exactly. Some people, when they're wanting to be critical, I guess, will say, yeah, well, the clink cherry picks, you know, you are obviously, you know, wanting to go on the straight and narrow. Do you think the clink cherry picks people? I didn't cherry pick me. and I didn't have no intentions of going on the straight and narrow oh, when right. I come to jail. <laughs> um, I haven't been away for 18 years. No, you. when you get sent into these places, you look to enhance your own surroundings and benefit yourself. Do you um, mean enhance your own criminality? Yeah, unfortunately to say that, but that's, that's, how, that's how it is. And, and that's, what, that's what these places are creating, unfortunately, because of the lack of rehabilitation and just a lack of liberty. Mm. So if you were in that mindset, you're like, right, I'm in here, I'm going to meet some people who can benefit me, I'm going to carry on my life of crime... But then you saw those two young lads in their uniform. So what was it? Well, Nick, what was that pivotal moment that made you go, right, I, I'm going to leave that Eddie it, behind? It, it, it wasn't at that stage there. It most certainly wasn't at that stage. I'm, um, I'll be completely honest. I was going down there to look at what I could get out of it. And I a few cans of Coke? I, I heard the food was good. I'm not really into the fizzy drinks, but I heard the food was a lot right. better. I'm going to be completely straight with yeah, you. That's how right, I went down there. Yeah. And then you start being around normal people. I say normal, non-criminals. And I've never been around non-criminals all my life. And you start hearing life on a different perspective. Call me ignorant if you like, but that's how it was. Um, my moral compass had gone wrong a long, long time ago. And criminality was normal to me. From the age of what, would you say? 14. Right. Probably a bit younger, but it started getting a bit serious at about 14. And uh, um, just continued and continued. Um, when you say a bit serious, do you mean sort of more violent as opposed to just drugs? Or I've, ne I've never been involved in drugs anyway. Right. Um, I've never sold drugs. And I've never sold drugs. Mm. I've never been convicted of that offence. And it's not something I went down. I was just the hardcore thief mm. of many descriptions. To be honest, I didn't decide to start committing crime at 14 because I just felt like it. I started committing crime at 13 or 14 because I had to. Some people might find that a little bit difficult to comprehend but let me tell you that's how it was um seven brothers and sisters in the house no father i'm not going to watch my mum go about dinner it's not happening and that's all i knew well that's all did my avenue was at that point mm. um so that's where it started it started um initially as a provider mm. and how do you find because you're out now you're working for the clink, you know, you're earning your money legally. Mm -hmm. How does that compare and be as honest as you can? Because I imagine people always say, well, crime pays. That's why people do it. You can get more money that way. How do you reconcile the old Eddie and the new Eddie? My children are a lot more pleased. I've got three grown-up daughters, nine granddaughters, son. They're a lot more happier. Um, the money's not as great all the time. I'll be completely straight with you, but it wasn't always great then anyway. So when you live this sort of life, it's up and down anyway, but it can become very good or very bad very quickly. Mm -hmm. But I enjoy my, not worrying about my door going through, whether it be from other criminals now or police officers, which is nice. I sleep a lot easier at night, and I mean I sleep a lot easier at night. What about your old friendship group? How, oh, how do you come out and well, try and...? It's a good question, Edwina, because... Um, although I've left the criminality behind and I left it behind when I was halfway through finishing my sentence at the clink is when I decided that like, this has got to stop and uh, it's the lifestyle that is it's the trouble to leave it's, the criminality is quite an easy section to leave behind it's the lifestyle that you leave 
and a big group of associates. Although I'm banned from seeing an associate of mine, um, he's a long-term friend, basically like a brother. In fact, his, his, his younger brother was my best pal. We grew up since we were kids, but he died, unfortunately, while I was, in, while I was away. But I'm just coming to the end of... I'm at the, uh, on the cusp, you could say, of uh, um, just leaving the lifestyle behind now. Because mm. um, I've had to make a complete change. And is that a daily battle? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And do you feel that you've been given enough skills and support well, by the clink to be able to kind of, if you're having a really bad day and you think, oh, I'm on the edge here, what would you do? Um, well, for a very small learning, uh, a learning curve a few weeks ago, actually, I had a little bit of a wobble socially. Um, and, the, and the clink are just there to assist me and, and they are assisting me. Um, I know I'm at the end of me coming out of my lifestyle now that I was in. It's, it's, it's got to that point now, 15 months, I'm almost there. It's been difficult and gets a bit... I don't associate with no one no more. Mm. Um, I'm trying to build a new set of acquaintances, friends, mm. not acquaintances, that's, they were acquaintances before mostly. Um, mm. Some friends now, some real friends. Yeah. So when you when you had that wobble load, do you pick up the phone and call someone at the clink or, or um, do you go for a long walk? Yeah, I went for a 72-hour walk. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> but you came back from the walk, that's the yeah, point. Yeah, I initially phoned them at the beginning of it and uh, I didn't phone them until the end of it. Um they're Janice again very supportive and just being there for me you know it's quite a lonely stage I'm going through at the moment just because I've isolated myself I'm just breaking free from my old bad ways and stuff like you can give up criminality but there's a certain as I say there's a lifestyle that goes with it mm. and and you're not necessarily doing illegal things just turning up at the house the wrong house can be bad for you I've had a couple of those incident incidences while I've been home and do you mean breaching or coming close to breaching your license because you've gone to someone's house that you shouldn't be at? No, because no. I don't. I don't ever visit the ones, that, the one that I'm banned from seeing. I, I, okay. won't, I, won't, I won't put myself in that sort of danger. Because okay, that could land you up back I'll, in prison, most right? Certainly, immediately. Yeah. I won't pass go. I'll just come straight back. Um, but just about going to a house where someone might turn up. Oh, with actually, drugs or maybe with, with a anything, gun. Or... With anything, just they're still operating. I could be at someone's house visiting someone. So I've just made the decision, right, I've got, to, I've just got to go. And that's what I'm doing. Do you feel you've got too much to lose now? Yeah, way too much. And before, did you feel that you had nothing to lose? I just didn't really care, Edwina, to be honest. And if that's be, to be completely frank, I didn't care. I'm not much of a conformist. I haven't been all my life. I don't agree with certain governmental procedures. I'm quite well-read and well-travelled. I'd like to think I know what's what. Especially in this reform situation, the prison penal reform situation now is... He's really starting to work me a little bit. Mm. I have to be careful what I say because I don't want to don't get Don't worry, it hurts me too. <laughs> I don't want to be going, getting a bad. You're not alone there, Eddie. Um, it's, I'm really starting sure. to get frustrated about it all. And maybe in a couple of years' time, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about going into something else more seriously um, and seeing what I can do at an older age. Because mm. there's people that are just getting left behind that don't need to be getting left behind. These, these youngsters now, they're, they're not taking it back, sorry, going off the tangent, but we've got to go back into primary school to stop mm, this. Mm. All this nonsense has to, has to start there. Even, even even going, but we need specialists in there picking these kids out. Because you see them, you can see them running around, mm. five-year-olds running around, 
you can see the ones with behavioural issues. But it's not all because they're coming from socially deprived backgrounds, because they're not. And yeah. they're not all going to end up drug addicts. I've never been a drug addict in my life. But that's not the reason that I went and committed crime, was not to feed a drug addict. It was, well, it's a bit of a cliche, but to feed my family. Yeah. Is there anything that you think the clink could be doing more of that it's not doing at the minute? You and I are obviously big fans of it for obvious reasons, but I'm always interested in the kind of are there little areas where it could be better that you maybe think it's missing a trick because you've obviously been through the programme. Well, I think I think they've done it now. They're doing a more steadfast interview, I believe, from what I understand on the, on the people that are coming in to go into the clink. Yeah. Um, so that's one improvement. Yeah. It was a little bit too easy to get in. Right. Um, well, I thought anyway when I was there, but I'm just to help, so maybe I should shut up. <laughs> Honesty is the best policy, Eddie. I would just like to say before we sort of wrap up that if you do ever move on, you should never underestimate what an inspiration you are and how important it is that people like you come back and help these men who are trying to change their lives around because what you've done is absolutely amazing. Thank you. And you should never, ever underestimate that. And, you know, it's people like you, whether people like it or not, is the reason why I get out of bed every morning and why I do what I do when people question me on a daily basis. Well, why are you helping these people? It's because of people like you. Thank you. Very much appreciate it. Don't ever leave us behind. <laughs> Don't you. <laughs> I won't. I'm not going anywhere. Sorry. I just get a bit emotional sometimes. So do I. Yeah. It's emotional stuff though, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's real life. And I think that's what people forget a lot of the time, that we're dealing with human beings and we're dealing with real emotions. Yeah. And it's life and death. Yeah, it can get that way, can't it? Hence the team this morning going in, the MOJ team that have gone in. Well, yeah, and yeah. As, I, as I was walking towards the prison gates this morning to meet you, you know, two ambulances came past and screeched into the prison and... Every day it's a reminder that, you know, this isn't all fun and games. Well, thank you for being so open and honest. Thank and you. Thanks for uh, uh, allowing me to be so. Sorry to maybe take you to some places That's that right. you'd rather not go. That's but right. I think it's so important for people to hear from people like you, to hear it from the horse's mouth, as it were. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks. thanks. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. So we've heard from Chris Moore, our chief executive. We've heard from a serving prisoner who is currently working in the clink. And we've also heard from Eddie, who was on the clink programme and he's now outside doing well. And he's um, he's employed by the clink, which is fantastic. And I always come back to the clink so proud, obviously slightly biased because I helped to set the clink up. I helped to recruit Chris Moore, the chief executive. You know, having watched the clink grow from one prison to to where we are now is just truly staggering. People said to us, it can't be done. How on earth can you open a commercial restaurant in a prison? Well, we did do it and they've all reached number one on TripAdvisor and we're serving the public and, and we're changing lives. And actually, as Chris said, the reoffending rates speak for themselves. Our reoffending rates are very low. And I just get really confused when I'm constantly asked by people in the system who should know by now what we need to do to change people's lives around, constantly being asked, okay, well, how is it that we sort of turn people's lives around? Um, can we talk about the employment of ex-offenders? You know, we've shown how it can be done. The Clink program isn't the only way, of course, but there is a common thread and there's a common theme, and that is getting people out of their cells, the ones who are ready to engage, get them engaged, 
give them a purpose, give them real life quality training so that they can go into jobs upon release, treat them like human beings and get them engaged and resettle them into life properly, give them the support that they need on the outside. Yes, it's difficult. And yes, it takes resources. But nobody ever said life was easy. And it can be done. The resources can be found. I think we've proved that at the clink. So we need to replicate, we need to grow more, and we need other organisations to, to do the same thing. But ultimately, we need the people at the top of the system to really listen and to really see that that this is the way to do things. We have a fantastic partnership with the prison service. Um, and I think from the point of view of a philanthropist, which I am, it is really heartening to be able to say that we did it and we're doing it and we're going to continue to change people's lives in the way that we know we should. Thank you for listening to this episode of Justice. If you found it interesting, you can discover more about the work we do within the justice system by visiting our website, onesmallthing.org.uk. One Small Thing is a charitable organisation striving for positive change in the justice system. If you would like to subscribe to Justice, you can do so via your usual podcast platform. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.